is keeping that demo up to date, right? Um, and I think the challenge is, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, the sales doesn't control the demo environment, engineering does. And so any change that you need has to go through the engineering organization, which again, you know, takes their focus away from what their priority really should be, which is developing features for, for customers. Hi, I'm uh, Carter Perez. I'm CEO and co-founder of Revenue Chemist. We are a go-to-market consulting agency that focuses on early stage companies. I've had the great fortune in my career to have several opportunities to scale companies. I spent 10 years at Xerox where I had an opportunity to scale a business unit inside the umbrella of a big billion dollar company. Uh, kind of got bit by the scaling bug and became a scaling junkie. So I've had the opportunity to scale about 10 different companies uh, all over the globe. I've uh, been fortunate to have uh, a couple of exits along the way. So really excited to be uh, here with you today, Jorge. Thank you so much, Carter. Uh, likewise, why don't you kind of you know tell us a little bit about how you got into sales and and helping organizations really drive revenue today? Yeah, I started um, right out of college. Uh, I got an offer to go to work for Xerox uh, in their sales organization. And uh, in the middle of Manhattan, I had 40 square blocks uh, when cold calling was really cold calling. Uh, you put on your shoes and you knocked on doors. And you and, knocked on doors. I was and, a door-to-door -door salesperson, by the way, for a company called Southwestern and right in uh, graduate school. We used to sell those encyclopedia looking things. Yeah, <laughs> so I get so, it. I did copiers, faxes, and printers, uh, and nice. I had 40 square blocks of uh, kind of midtown Manhattan, and I got to know all the secretaries and receptionists in there really, really well. So um, it was just, uh, you know, for me, getting into sales was about challenging myself, and I kind of took my athletic uh, endeavors um, through high school and college and focused them on sales and selling, and you know, was very fortunate to have a couple of great years initially at Xerox, um, which propelled me into sales management, um, got me into an opportunity to kind of scale a business. And um, I really got a bit by the scaling bug. So I'm the type of guy that uh, loves running down the hall with my hair on fire, trying to figure out, you know, how to grow a business. So uh, it's uh, become a pretty natural thing for me. Awesome. Well, Kudos to you. I'm, I'm about to be 40. And uh, I've, I, I was thinking about it the other day because I was doing a presentation uh, for some students and, uh, and I had to you know, put the deck together. So I was asking myself, why the hell should they care? The only <laughs> thing that I could come up with was, well, I've tried to start 13 companies I, and some of those are logos and some of those ha actually got to revenue and raise a little cash and uh, I guess they never just they never reached the level that I was happy with irrespective of how far we got but you know name of the game right so let's talk a little bit about the demo which is such an integral part of our sales success you know when you're a sales leader out there uh, based on your own experience and in working with your clients, where do they usually go to like produce a demo for the frontline reps and what's kind of that process behind that? Yeah, look, the, uh, demos are probably the most important stage of the sales cycle because at the end of the day, 
you're demonstrating or showing the prospect how your product or service or features match their pain points, right? And so it's really that um, public proof that, hey, we understand your problems. Let me show you how we're going to resolve them or make them go away. I think, you know, particularly in early stage companies, um, putting a demo together can be a very painful process, right? Where you need to uh, go to your engineering leader, um, have that discussion, get them to create a demo environment for you, um, which is, you know, uh, is can often be a challenge, but I think the bigger challenge then becomes keeping that demo environment up, right? And updating it on a, on a periodic basis so that it continues to be relevant and useful uh, to show prospects. Now, if you think about the process of onboarding and training folks, uh, you know, particularly your AEs and SDRs and SEs, uh, what are some best practices that you would share around making sure they know what the heck they're doing, talk track, clicking on those value moments or those value points, or like Joe Caprio says, the aha moment uh, moments? Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, look, anytime you onboard somebody, my opinion is um, that you need to you need to have a demo script for them. Um, to help them with talking points. Um, and then, uh, you know, I take them through, um, I will do a role model demo for um, the folks that I'm onboarding uh, so they can see it. I'll share the script with them. I'll ask them to go study it and, uh, and practice it and then come back and present it. Generally, I make a competition out of it uh, and I'll ask um, my, um, uh, technical sales uh, folks, sales engineers to join me and uh, maybe even a sales manager or other executive to essentially grade the demo or uh, review it with the reps as they give it and uh, have some fun with it. And what is kind of any, any roadblocks if I'm a leader out there trying to do this properly, anything that sort of stands out that you usually uh, run into and that you would say, hey, watch out for these sort of issues uh, while deploying this strategy? Yeah, I think, I think there's two. I think the first one is, you know, is getting the demo uh, put together because that ultimately means that you're taking away time from engineering and, um, and, customers ultimately, because any time that an engineer spends coding a demo is time that they can't be working on a feature that we can deliver to a customer. So that's the first um, kind of uh, con area of conflict. I think the second one is, is keeping that demo up to date, right? Um, and I think the challenge is, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, the sales doesn't control the demo environment, engineering does. And so any change that you need has to go through the engineering organization, which again, you know, takes their focus away from what their priority really should be, which is developing features for, for customers. Got it. Now, one of the things that I know that as a rep myself, and then as a, a manager for a few years uh, that I struggled with was a making sure that I uh, stayed on the talk track and following that process that my managers 
put in place. And, you know, I'm not quite sure why, I guess, you know, part of it was things change all the time as a rep and, you know, there's new features and, and then the, the, the change aligning with the training around it uh, was not always in sync. So I had to kind of make up certain things. I also listened to the, what the market was saying and then implemented that, uh, you know, those, those sort of insights or, or what I thought would enhance the demo. But generally, you know, you want your reps to focus on a particular talk track and process. What are some of the things that you've done to be able to ensure that we're telling the same story and that we're following the process that we know is going to scale and allow us to track uh, performance? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, in the onboarding and training process, it's, it's teaching them, look, here's how we do a demo, right? So for example, we're gonna do an opening, we're gonna you know, do a couple of very short sentences about who we are, we're gonna immediately engage the prospect so that we get you know, a two-way dialogue going, break the ice. Um, we're gonna put together an agenda form and show them you know, hey, that we've spent time thinking about this. Um, we're gonna ask them if there's anything else that they wanna see uh, over and above the agenda. Um, then we're going to go into the demo and we're going to do the demo. The demo is really the customized part, right? Because at that point you should have through your discovery process should understand their pain and you should be able to demonstrate um, with the features and functionality of your, your product or software, how we can make that pain go away or uh, greatly reduce it. And so, you know, it's, it's making sure that you have a framework um, and then in the onboarding process, making sure that you train it. Um, I think the, you know, the final piece is once the reps have graduated training, then continuously reviewing it through, you know, call recording technologies uh, or other things. I think it's also useful to have, uh, particularly when you're onboarding new reps, have them review demos done by uh, tenured reps, right? And they can pick mm. up tips and tricks and those types of things. So. I think those are, you know, making sure you have a framework, teaching the framework, and then inspecting the framework uh, through recording demos and grading them. Got it. Do you ever provide any like incentives for reps who are consistently following the 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 right process? I, I think they naturally see it because they close more business than the reps that don't follow the process. So. I mean, I think, yeah, of course, you can have some fun with it. I, I mean, we did, um, I, I was thinking of one contest that we did, that we did a, a demo-a-thon where we had um, uh, groups in Europe, US, and Asia. And so we did regional winners uh, in each of those regions. And then we had the three top people um, do demos for, it was the CEO, myself, and our uh, CTO. Um, and then we crowned a global champion and they got, you know, a nice prize and, and I'll, of course, the bragging rights for individually and as a region for uh, the rest of the year. That sounds fun. I wish I would have been part of that team. It was uh, fun. 
<laughs> nice. Do you see any sort of distinction or differences between the demo that the SDR would do in that early first call qualification, you know, insight gathering versus what the AE does versus what the SE does? And the reason why, you know, I ask there uh, is that, you know, we like to say that there are, there's a, especially nowadays with obviously the technologies that we're providing, there's this Harbor tour, there's this micro demo, right? That's uh, maybe a, a couple clicks to an aha. There's something much, you know, much more comprehensive maybe that the AE would do in a, um, you know, second or third call. And then certainly like a POC, right? That the SE would do, you know, have you seen any of these sort of nuances or differences? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think the, you know, as the demo progresses from an SDR who might give them a, you know, high level three minute overview of the platform, uh, just to kind of pique their interest and, and get them coming back to the um, table. Obviously, by the time we get to an AE, that, that individual should have um, understood their issues, their pain points, um, and be able to demonstrate how you know, our software takes care of their pain points. Um, and then I think the SE obviously takes it to the, um, takes it to the, almost the implementation or the um, go live stage, right? Where if you're dealing with a bigger customer, um, they're, you know, they want more uh, customization of the software. They wanna see how it fits into their exact process. And obviously an SE can come in and, and demonstrate that to them uh, above and beyond what an AE may be able to do. Awesome. Kind of the, the final authority. <laughs> nice. All right. So for the drum roll, last question here, very much appreciate your time here. I know we're, you're super, super busy. You know, if you would provide one tip around improving your demo today as a sales organization, SDR, AE, sales engineer, what would be that one tip that you would provide? I, I think I would have um, two actually, which it would be the first one is always have an ad agenda for the demo um, and always review that agenda with the client, including asking at the end, is there anything else you'd like to see? Because that's helps you if you haven't discovered something in your prior conversations, um, it helps bring that out and get it on the table so that you can discuss it, understand it and show it to them. The second one, which is a cardinal rule I see a lot of salespeople breaking is never leave the demo without an agreed upon next step timeframe and commitment from the customer. So the single greatest way to shorten your sales cycle is you know, never, never leave the prospect um, without a follow-up date and time that, that you both committed to. Awesome. One of the things that I just love Joe does, he'll literally pull up his calendar, screen share it and be like, take a look. Where do you want to, you know, where, yeah. when do you want to meet? Right. So awesome. Well, Carter, thank you so much for your time. If folks want to learn more about what you're doing uh, at your company or follow you on social media, what are the best URLs or handles to reach you? Sure. They can visit our website at uh, revenuechemists.com. Uh, and then uh, LinkedIn, I'm Carter Perez uh, on LinkedIn. So um, either of those are uh, 
excellent ways to uh, learn more about Revenue Chemist and what we do. Awesome. And, and just in a nutshell, you help organizations of all kinds really optimize, build, optimize, and scale their revenue machine. That's right. Yep. Awesome. You, cool. you nailed it. We all right, talking nice. to you about uh, a role here. <laughs> awesome. Well, Carter, thank you so much for your time and have a wonderful day. Thanks, Jorge.